episode 16 of Sing While You're Whining. No, when? <laughs> it's been a few weeks since you screwed that up. Sing when you're whining. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That with always, that always with me, me, Andrew McPhee, and my idiot podcast <laughs> friend, Rod Corman. I don't know why that always gets me, but uh, welcome to uh, episode 16. It's uh, Wednesday, the 12th of June, 2019. It's been a quiet week for for us uh, with regards to the football. There's been no Whitecaps, uh, no, obviously no Liverpool. So what are we talking about this week? Well, in the last few hours, uh, the Whitecaps' salaries have been released for 2019 and they make for a little bit of interesting reading, but mostly boring. Uh, but we're going to talk about that uh, because there are a couple of standout ones on there that we, we want to talk about. Uh we're going to talk about the transfer rumours uh, off the back of the salaries. Who are the Whitecaps going to be bringing in over the next, uh, hopefully, the next month or so. Uh, we've got the Women's World Cup is underway. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Canada played their first game, won 1-0. Uh, and uh, the US played yesterday and uh, just scraped past Thailand 13-0. Uh, We've got what does Twitter want and red and yellow cards. Andrew, anything else we're adding to this list? I think that's a good comprehensive list for a very long and detailed show. It's going to be long and detailed? I'm not sure about that. (laughs) (laughs) Detailed, definitely not. (laughs) Uh, So, Whitecaps, not much has gone on this week. The team, I think most of the fringe players who are not involved in... uh, the internationals they've actually been over in Korea I don't know if you saw that this week but they've uh, they've been doing some promo work in Korea I guess off the back of uh, of the Hwang and Boom transfer they they were playing his old team and the kids they actually played in front of 25,000 which is great experience for them more than if they played at BC well, Place <laughs> and none of them protested <laughs> Uh, so the the kids are getting some good exposure over there. It looks like they've had a, a good time. Uh, they've been doing their bits and bobs on uh, social media. Uh, but that's kind of what's been going on in the Whitecaps world. And then uh, earlier today, or earlier today was when it fell onto my radar, the uh, the MLS um, salaries for 2019 were released. I don't know. Have you had a chance to look at this yet? Yeah, I've seen the list. Um, it's, it's always weird to me that I know it's a normal thing, but it's weird that the, in this league... The players, um, they it has to be published, right? You have yeah. to know what they earn. Yeah, which is horrible. Yeah, it's horrendous. I mean, that must be a nightmare. Because if you're like in our jobs, in in your day to day life, what's one of the one things you don't want your coworkers to know is what you earn. Everyone guards it. I don't know why we do, but we do. We just guard it secretly. And well, know. there's logic. The, the same logic applies. Is that you know, if you if you're doing the same job as somebody else, but maybe they started four years after you, they're not making the same money. It can be, you know, yeah. cause unnecessary tension for whatever reason. But, uh, Do you think it does in, in MLS? Oh, 100%. Have you, uh, did you see, um, did you see there was, uh, I can't remember where I read it, but this is going back a few years when uh, um, Frank Lampard played for New York. And two or three days after the, the salaries got released that year, in which it showed that Lampard was making six million, I think, or whatever it was for for playing for New York. They played the New York derby, and the Red Bulls won seven nil. <laughs> and White Whitecaps' very own Felipe was playing in midfield, 
uh, for New York or for Red Bulls and was barking off at Lampard saying, you, you guys are shit. Look at look at the scoreboard. You're washed up. You're finished. Doesn't matter how much you make. And Lampard turned around to him and says, I've got $15 million in my checking account. I didn't lose. Yeah. Who's, who's really lost? Yeah. Uh, but looking at this year's uh, figures, I was quite surprised... Um, Basically, how low overall the the Whitecaps um, the Whitecaps uh, salary bill is for the year. Their highest earning player uh, potentially is uh, is um, Montero, and even that's under a million a year, which is un- unusual. Most teams have somebody who's over the over the the million dollar mark, but uh, Montero comes in just uh, just after just uh, just over nine hundred and fifty thousand. This doesn't yeah. include sponsorship and whatnot, right? This is just no. Like, I think this is this just is your base salary, salary. The, yeah, yeah, salary and bonuses from the from the white cap strictly. Um, but there's there's other interest. The big one that stands out is obviously Ali Adnan has kind of been the arguably the star of the of the first three four months of the season for the team. He's on just under five hundred and fifty. Um, players earning more than him include. Uh, um, John Arvis. Huang <laughs> um, Bum. Huang Bum, which is maybe not a huge surprise. Um, and maybe more of a surprise Venuto. is Venuto, yeah. <laughs> who's on there. Uh, so, I mean, if you're Ali Adnan and you're, you know, on loan right now negotiating a deal to, uh, you know, sign full-time for the Whitecaps, this salary uh, release has come out at the right time for, for your agent to negotiate you, you a better deal because... You know, if you're Ali Adnan, you're looking at this list and thinking, I'm probably I'm getting paid a million a year. Yeah, I'm probably massive, like probably undercut by a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year here. Well, you, if you were him, you'd ask for a million, right? If you, if if Montero's the highest paid player, who's had the bigger impact on the team in the three months? Yeah, uh, well, it's an interesting one. Whose value for money on the list is a is a is a decent question. Montero, I mean, what's he scored? Five, four, five. I'll tell you who's good value for money on the list. Go on. The goalie. The goalie is the best value on the team right now. Look at under that. Under $100,000. Under, 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 under $100,000. Yeah. And he's probably one of the biggest performers in the team so far. If I was if I was Maxime Crepeau, I would be going to the Whitecaps and saying, I'm making the same amount of money as Rod Coleman. <laughs> and he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay uh, then. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would agree with you. He stands out as like criminally underpaid, especially when you consider what they were paying Usted. Not like you know, two years, two seasons ago, Usted was on what three hundred thousand or something. So um, you'd think he was. Uh, he so, was up but for just it. explain one. Th- just switching away from the players a minute. This is an overall thing because you know I don't like to get involved in the in the detail of the league and how it's run and all that nonsense. But I understand the concept of a salary cap, where teams have a budget to work within, and um, you can only bring in players up to the values and all that stuff. But if you look at the the table of the league salaries which ranks the spenders from top to bottom. Right. In a salary cap league, why is Toronto FC paying $19,800,000 out? And why are Vancouver paying $7,250,000 out? 
Because, and the league's rules are very complicated, and I am not going to pretend for a second that I understand them, but in a very stupid uh, description of how it kind of works, you have your TAM money that you get, GAM money, whatever that is, and you can use that money to pay off players' wages that doesn't go against the salary cap. TAM and GAM. TAM and GAM. Right. So you can pay off a huge chunk. Like, basically, it's like a huge signing-on bonus is what I understand it to be. So are you saying that Toronto's got a huge amount of Tam and Gam versus Vancouver, who's got very little Tam and Gam? No, I would imagine that Vancouver have most... up there with the most Tam and Gam in the league because of the Alfonso Davis transfer. But I So don't... why are they only paying seven million two hundred and fifty thousand in wages when the top team in the league's paying twenty mil? Well that's a good question because... And actually, to be fair, Toronto FC, high performing in the league last season. LAFC, high performing in the league last season. How did LA Galaxy do in the league last season? Uh not great, not too right? good. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're they're second in spending at seventeen point seven mil. Chicago Fire, how about them? Are they, are they uh, performers they in the okay. league? Uh, no, not not to just. I mean, that's the thing is that you look at uh, what I'm. Yeah, you've gotten onto what I'm saying. Is uh, yeah, are, just, are the lads with spending the most money the best in the league? Sorry, I'm just pulling up the the the, the table that you're looking at. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's interesting to to look at that. Let's have a look at where they're performing based on because last year doesn't really matter, I guess. Right, it's this year now that we're in. So let's have a look at. The table. I'm just. I'm messing with my phone here while I do this, but. Uh, yeah. So. What, yeah, I know what you're trying to get. Yeah, to, I'm trying to get, and it, it's interesting. I don't, and I don't know the answer. Does the Does the salary table match up to the for, to the long term form table? Would be the better one, right? Because I don't, I don't think it would. Of course, you've got the problem in this that you can't see all the teams together if you look on the internet because you've got the east and west and it's difficult to see it all in one. Well, area, I'm just but... pulling up the uh, the one from. Uh, you should be able to pull up the supporters shield table, right? But LA Galaxy. So here I've got it here. So LAFC are way out in front right now. They're on 37 points. Yeah, Galaxy so are second. Are... Yeah. No, in the support shield, Philadelphia a second, and they're seventeenth in spending. Right. So yeah. And then you've got LA second. Then it's Montreal and DC. So where are Mon- Montreal and DC? DC United are ten 13th. mil. Montreal eighth in sp- in spending seven and a half million. Well, that's not right. Well, Montreal's in the wrong spot in that table. Look, it goes 11 mil. Oh, seven, yeah, yeah, that's 11. right. So, yeah, they've way, they're way further. Oh, yeah, they're kind of all over the place. Oh, because they're using it off guaranteed. They, the table's based off guaranteed compensation. That's oh, why. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Atlanta, the sixth. They're up there. Okay, but so there's no... Houston, col- are, Houston are way, way bottom of the of the salary table. And yet they have, uh, they've got 24 points from from 13 games. And are currently about seventh in the table with games in hand on everybody. So there you go. But what I really need to get to the bottom of is why is why is this this why is one team in the league paying <coughs> twenty mil, and 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 the ones at the bottom paying seven mil in a salary cap league? I don't know. Ask me it, another. Is it as simple for as 
the teams that aren't paying 20 mil not invest in the extra 13? I think it might be something similar to that. So the, 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 basically looking at this table, a lot of the teams are not hitting the salary cap. Or are Toronto FC? Well, I think this, in I think the salary cap is also influenced by their commercial turnover. Oh man! So it's like which helps influence it, right? So, you, someone out there on Twitter or wherever, Zach, you're good at this stuff. <laughs> fully it's, aroused. Fully aroused. Explain to us. Number one, do you get fully aroused looking at these figures? Is that where the handle comes from? I don't know. He definitely doesn't. Looking um, at the white caps. Um, can someone explain this to us? Because we're too simple to understand it. But in a salary cap league, why is Toronto paying 20 mil and Vancouver paying 7 mil? What's what's that? Anyway, back to the players, because this is interesting to me. The other thing, just to finish off on that, is that I don't know if you remember the st- or the end of last season when... Uh, Davis was leaving and uh, the owners of the Whitecaps said they're going to get back up into the top third of the league in salary spending. Well, <laughs> yeah, so you're top... lying to us. <laughs> so there's 24, 24 teams in the in this table. Yeah. So that means you've got to get into the top eight, right? Yeah. So they've got to spend roughly another f- four mil, 4.2 million to get into where they're talking about. So they've got to up their salary cap up their salary spend by 50% from where it is today, yeah. roughly. Now, maybe that's going to happen in July. We keep getting told, right, that they're going to be signing some wonderful players in July. Let's see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to read. It's interesting to see what they make. You know, you hear about, it came out yesterday that uh, Lionel Messi, did you see that? Lionel Messi uh, made $100 million last year. That's crazy. Uh or maybe it was a hundred million pounds because I watched, I saw, read it on a UK website, so it might have even been a hundred million pounds. But I, I think that includes his own sponsorship deals. But then you see, you know, like our goalkeeper, who's arguably been our player of the season so far, is on ninety thousand. <laughs> ninety thousand. And you know what? If you're a, if you've just moved to the city, when you've got a wife and kids, and you've got to buy a house and all that. Well, as a professional sports pl- sports person, you might not be able to afford to buy a house on that salary. Well, I, I joked, I joked about it earlier, but David Norman, who's the the midfielder, who's allegedly on the brink of of breaking into the team, the the Canadian lad, he's on like fifty seven thousand dollars a year. Like he's probably he's he must have a second job. Yeah, he's a- got to have an even job. What he is he working at Cineplex or something <laughs> of a night time? I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I guess the Whitecaps subsidise living and all stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I can't understand how this list comes out. This this doesn't include... Uh, oh, it does include uh, performance bonuses. Yeah, because that's what they're... That's the second, that's that title, second yeah. column. But it doesn't include sponsorship. So you could be a hustler and go out and get sponsorships and all the rest of it. But Yeah, but I mean, what sponsorship deals is David Norman getting? None. <laughs> this, do you know what this reminds me of? I don't know... You, when I, when I was a kid, I used to, back in Worcester, we used to go and watch Worcester City, who are a calamity of a football club. And, to, and these days, they don't even have their own ground. They have to play in like towns around because they, they sold their stadium and it got turned into housing. But you'd read the match day programme. And remember, this is like semi-pro, it's amateur football more or less. You'd read the match day programme and you'd see all the, all the all the players that were playing. And I remember there was always a player called Ray Woods, great winger, great footballer. Wasn't and he that great. Well, no, but it, for Worcester, he was. But he was a window cleaner during the week. 
Yeah. And you'd walk down the high street and you'd see him cl- like on a ladder cleaning windows and all that. Yeah. And then on match day, he'd be playing. But in the program, it'd have the players, like the the, the team. And then it'd have shirt sponsored by such and such. Yeah. Socks sponsored by such and yeah. such. Boots. And they'd have to go out and get local companies to be like, yeah, we'll give you some money for your boots this week. Yeah. And I just thought, as a kid, I thought that's weird because you think about footballers and money and fame yeah. and... But imagine some of these lads just going around town going, look, mate, I just need, you know, 10, grand, 20 quid, yeah. 10 grand a year and I'll, I'll drink your sports drinks or yeah. whatever. I and how know. much influence is that having? <laughs> well, what the, what staggers me about this, and I've said it at the start of the show, is that it, it cannot be, it, it's got to be disruptive to put these numbers out there. Oh, I don't see how it, it can't, it can't be. not be. I mean, like I say, if you're Adnan and you're negotiating, you must be. He must be pissed. Oh, delighted! I'm delighted if I'm him because I'm like this. Is, well, I still that... haven't signed the contract. Well, yeah, depending I'm on. I'm pissed a... if I'm Bob Lenarduzzi right now. Yeah, if you fucking hell, I would nearly got him for six hundred k. But but you look at a lad who's like Montero. All right, he's got pedigree and got a history, and he's he's performed before for the Caps and done good things and whatever. So he's on nine hundred and fifty thousand a year. Well. You could probably fit ten, the salaries of ten lads into ten or eleven players into what he's getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And the contribution that those ten or eleven players make to the team is way more than what he does for the same money. So let's look at it. I don't know Den- about that. Well, Daniel Henry, Crepo, that's three hundred thousand, right? Yeah. Why is Anthony Blondell on this list, by the way? I think because they have to. Put, they're still paying him out. Um, Ardeyes is not a good choice. Uh, all right, Jake Nowinski, you could put him down. So you're at five hundred thousand. Andy Rose, seven hundred thousand. Russell Tybert, that's your million. So you're five players. Five players, picked at random from the list. But those five, admittedly, they've not all had a great impact. But collectively, they've had more of an impact on the team than him for less money. Strange one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on from that to the, some of the actual football that's been taking place. Well, before we move on, I mentioned that the Whitecaps have been in uh, Korea this week. Apparently, they're signing another Korean player. Uh, he's a striker, and he actually scored for South Korea uh, last night. And his name is also Huang. Huh? So we've, we might have two Huangs playing. Huang in Burman. I don't know what the other guy's name is. Wang in street. (laughs) (laughs) Two Wangs don't make it right. (laughs) (laughs) Two Wangs don't make it wrong. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so uh, he's the he's the guy that allegedly is coming in. So we'll we'll have to keep an eye out to see if that progresses over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. So yeah, let's move on. Women's World Cup. Yeah. So. A few people have had asked, are you going to watch the Women's World Cup and blah, 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 and what do you think of it and all the rest of it? And I remember um, we talked briefly last week, but the, the Women's World Cup when it was in Vancouver was a was pretty good spectacle. There's loads. Now, I, re- I remember that we were away for the Women's World Cup. I think we were traveling watching the Whitecaps in New York and Boston. Yeah, and we came back for the final. Well, we, we didn't. We did, that we were, not specifically, but we yeah. were back in town for the final. So I I have been watching this not not as mu- not all the games not religiously, but obviously um, Canada opened their account with a win and I watched that game. I didn't watch the US yesterday, but one thing about this so far is that um, 
one thing's annoyed me, and it's not to do with the football. It's to do with uh, the commentary Can't and the, wait to hear this. and the, the way. Like, I get that not many people have been in have followed women's football and all the rest of it, but on TSN, they've got all these pundits that talk about all these different football matches and all these different competitions. And just because it's the Women's World Cup, none of these so-called respected pundits are out doing talking about it. It's they've replaced it all with like women and i'm like it just felt a bit weird to me it's like well why not get some of the if you want to build the profile of the game why are you just changing out what would be your regular panelists like bring the ladies on that can add the knowledge but try and encourage so the who growth is of the game i i've i've only what i watched the the canada game canada cameroon and i watched the u.s game yesterday up until eight nil and then i gave up on it because i thought it's probably game over but you know there's no there's been no christian jack on the tv for good. example that's a good thing I, but the less i hear of that idiot the better but you'd be thinking to yourself well you normally you can't get enough of having your fucking mug on the telly talking about football and all of a sudden it's the women's world cup and you've got nothing well i don't to think say. it's christian jack's choice no 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 of course not but the broadcasters are kind of saying ah look it's women's world cups so let's just put all these ladies on the telly why well, I'm just... assuming they're ex-players. I don't know. They've got well. They've, they've got to be. They've yeah. got to have knowledge because be. I guarantee you, Christian Jack. Know, well, he doesn't know fuck all about men's football, so I can't <laughs> imagine his limited knowledge on women's football. Well, I'll tell you this: I've watched the, the I've watched some of these games, and uh, the, it's been pretty good. The Canada game was a little bit end to end at times. It was a little bit. I thought it was dreadful. Well, it wasn't as bad I as I thought it'd be. Trying to be kind. No, no, no. I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. There was a lot of um, what you'd sort of call panic football, where the the default thing to do is just kick the ball away instead of just putting your foot on it. But at times, they were actually putting their foot on the ball and playing it sideways and trying to build. And I thought, yeah, fair play. This is pretty good. It's it's actually on a par with some of the shite caps play we've seen. I thought the game was disappointing to be honest uh i don't i didn't think they created very much no they didn't get too much uh it could have too much going but they were always looking for that ball onto christine sinclair's head as well hey they've they've got that that, that's kind of a i guess when you've got a um she's what four goals short of the leading all-time women's goal scorer yeah something like that um and she's obviously strong in the air and powerful player so they do look for that ball a lot but um that was all right so the States game yesterday, did you watch it at all? No, I didn't. So I watched up until eight nil, and then uh, then I then I turned it off. Um, they've come in for quite. It's been quite controversial uh, across the the media since that game. So obviously, any game that finishes thirteen nil is a is a bit of a joke. It doesn't matter how you dress it up, um, and uh, it looks like the. Some people are uh, giving the state stick, saying that they shouldn't have, uh, they shouldn't have kept going for it. Basically, it, they should have slowed down at like five, six, maybe seven, um, which is neither here nor there, really. But the one thing that they've really taken criticism for is like the the constant celebrating of goals, like thirteen when you score in twelve and thirteen, and you're still celebrating, like you know, it's an integral goal in the in the grand scheme of things. And uh, well, um, that's kind of typical of U.S. Well, sports people. Though. This, I, this is what I was thinking yesterday. It was like, has nobody ever had any a, a, 
have people not dealt with the states? That is exactly what they're it's like. It's typical people. US arrogance. Yeah. It's nothing it's, more than It's what... just like, don't just beat them. Hammer crush them. their souls. Yeah. Which is all they ever want to do in anything they do. Like, that is... Yeah. That's, I guarantee you the only team who would have acted like that in the World Cup... 13 nil up is the state. Yeah. No other team would have counted. Well, it like actually, that. I did see after, I didn't watch the game, but I saw afterwards um, somebody posted a clip of Germany hammering Brazil yeah. in, the, in the Men's World Cup. And I think like the fifth, sixth, and seventh goals, Germany didn't even celebrate. It's, em- just, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. They're just like, all right, we scored again. Fuck it. Let's go back. Yeah. There was a complete respect for your, your opponents who have just like obviously had a really bad day at the office and you don't want to rub it in. I was not surprised in the slightest to see the reports that, you know, the Americans were cheering every goal and weeping and hollering as if they, they were still nil-nil. It, it, to me, it was just like, well, that's what you get with Americans. Yeah, and that was my answer to it, is that like, oh, people on, the people who are reporting on this are obviously not very exposed to Americans in a sporting sense because, to me, that, that was the least surprising thing out of that game was that they kept celebrating and kept trying to crush them. Yeah, and and I think in what was the the coach of uh, Thailand came out and said, we you know their players consoled our players at the end and said you know well done and try and try thanks for trying hard and that means a lot to us and I thought you fucking idiot like no but I mean the other thing is is like I mean you you know the obviously the the, the United States women's team is it, probably the best in the world we're gonna probably find out over the next two weeks but. You know they're probably the they're probably the best in the world. It's it's like the equivalent of I don't know Brazil beating. I I don't even know where to make the comparison. Like the gap in quality was so big, it was crazy. But the 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 thing I will say is that you know the the women's game is more high profile now, both domestically and and internationally. Uh more than it's ever been and i don't think things like yesterday happening help it at at all no i think you've got to be um you've got to realize that there's always going to be a gap because the amount of resources thrown into uh women's soccer in the us and canada especially and our friend mark obviously is involved as well we get him on the show is going to be orders of magnitude bigger than what they spend on it in thailand because the popularity and the availability and the access to the sport is so much more. I think you got to take that into account. Like, I, It's a shame for these ladies that play are playing in the smaller countries where they don't get a chance to perhaps get start early and get the training facilities and all that. They're going to go to these competitions and the likes of Germany, the likes of England, the likes of Canada, the likes of US are just going to beat them. Yeah, they're just going to beat them. Yeah. It's not. I feel like it's not quite the same as. Um, remember, I'm not big on international football, but I remember like San Marino beating England in a big World Cup game or a qualifying game. I don't and think that's ever happened. I think it did. I think they did scored they, did first, they draw? and then England won seven one. Uh, I don't. I, there was a game I, when England yeah, I lost. Know. No, well, it wasn't San Marino, but. My point to this, or my my thought on this is, is that you know if you have, I can't remember who the minnows of the men's World Cup were last year. To be honest, like I say, international football is not my thing. But let's take Brazil against, I don't know, let's say Australia for argument's sake. Australia are not a 
a power in the in the women uh, in the men's game, right? But Australia still have eleven or eighteen professional footballers who are playing regularly, yeah, in top European leagues. Yeah. You know, their top players are still playing at the top level domestically, whereas you're not. We haven't got to that point in women's football yet, because the like, because you say, because the the amount of domestic football just isn't there. Uh, on the same scale it's getting there in Europe I don't know about the rest of the world but it's been an interesting tournament uh, so far and like I say apart from the States game every other game has been uh, somewhat closely contested I think France kind of hammered South Korea in the first game but uh... Iceland versus England oh it was Iceland you were thinking of yeah well that's it right Semi semi professional footballers with a couple of pros, but they they weren't. That's my point. Is that all of that Iceland team are playing regular? Are they uh, playing in all the major European leagues? But Iceland is not a powerhouse in football. So, in terms of the Women's World Cup, do you know the which teams are ranked the best? Uh, I mean, I haven't looked at it, but I think I could probably name it. Have, have a guess. Uh, well, it's states, yeah. Japan. They're in the top 10. Well, J- Japan were in the last World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. Um, Germany. Yeah. Uh, ca- obviously, Canada. Yeah. Uh, I think outside of that, maybe the French and the English. And then yeah, I think so you probably it. drifted You've got away. The top 10 are United States, Germany, England, France, Canada, Australia, Japan, Netherlands, Sweden, and Brazil. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... The favourites for this are US, Germany and England are close second and third favourites for it. I was looking on one of the betting websites earlier this week. It was before Canada played and Canada were 35 to 1 to win the World Cup. That's a bit of a mad Which is staggering to me. And uh, I was tempted to put money on it, but I haven't yet. I'm going to see how maybe the next round of games pan out. So uh, that's the world. That's the women's World Cup. Anyway, we got uh, we got a couple of juicy games coming up in the next couple of days as well. I'm not sure if you if you're aware of this, but England play Argentina on uh, Friday at midday, which could be a good one. Canada are playing New Zealand on Saturday, and then uh, uh, the states are in action again on Sunday, Sunday yeah, Sunday morning. Chile. Chile. So, I mean. Sweden versus Thailand will be the game to watch. See whether the ties bounce back. 6am Sunday morning. Well, or how many other states going to score against Chile? Do you think they'll slow down after their criticism this week? It'd be in- yeah. Or will it? Or they're just well, going to do that United screw States you, thing yeah. do it again? <laughs> we don't care. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> Uh, so that's the, the the Women's World Cup. We'll uh, We'll talk about that again over the next couple of weeks uh, as it plays itself out. Uh, we've got a couple of other major international tournaments starting this week, uh, which I'm looking forward to. The one I'm looking forward to the most is uh, the Copa America. Starts on Friday in Brazil. Um, always enjoy watching the South American football anyway, so uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, starts with uh, Brazil against Bolivia on Friday night. And uh, Argentina played Saturday. Uruguay Sunday, so all the big ones are out. The one thing that uh, is going to be worth keeping an eye on in, in this tournament is that um, Qatar are one of the guest countries. Well, you just beat me to it because I knew about this. We talked, You'd mentioned it a few days ago and I looked it up. 
and I couldn't understand why Japan and Qatar were in the competition. So Copa America always invite, um, I, I guess because of the number of uh, the number of countries in South America doesn't quite balance out for a tournament. Depending on the, which revolutions are going on at the time. Or <laughs> so, so they always uh, invite a couple of nations to take part in it. Uh, and I think the US took part in it a couple of years ago. Uh, That'd be interesting, USA going down there. Yeah, I actually think they came up here. I think they played the Copa America in the States. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, anyway, that was the last tournament. So uh, Qatar have been invited to, to play in this tournament. It's interesting that... Um, they. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they get on, given the fact that you know we're now only three years away from from their World Cup to see how they're progressing as a team. Yeah, I was going to say, they're all over it at the moment, aren't they? Qatar, they they got invited to this. They're hosting the Club World Cup and all this. The, the Club World Championships. You're going to start to see these guys become more prominent in world football as FIFA tries to build their profile ahead of that final. Well, I mean, the thing with it is, is that, unfortunately, they're using football... Um, it's going to be very controversial what I say, but they're using football as a political tool right now, the Qatar and the Middle East in general, right? When you look at the Qataris, um, what they're doing at Paris Saint-Germain, when you look at what the Abu Dhabi group are doing at, at Man City, um, they obviously bribed their way to get the World Cup in 2022. Strong allegations there. They're now, they're now taking part in Copa America. There's a there's a more cynical thing going on there that, uh, you know, if you can get to the hearts of the people through the internationally loved sport of football, they're going to turn the other way when it comes to human rights violations and things like that. And being a base for international and Middle Eastern terrorism. Well, you know, there's a there's a bigger picture there that nobody's really paid a, <laughs> nobody's really paid attention to before, but the closer I think what they I think it's hard to say what's going on, but it it it, it seems to me like they thought, well, if you know, if we buy Man City and we build this amazing uh team that we just invest a load of money in and people will love them and we'll get the credit from that, it'll be good PR, we'll do the same at Paris Saint-Germain, then we'll get a World Cup and this will all be great PR for us, which has probably gone against what they thought because there's been nothing but criticism for the World Cup. Right now, Paris Saint-Germain and Man City are both embroiled in controversies in their countries. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to you see You ever been to on. an Arab country? No. You never spent time there? No, no. Although I, I am tempted to go for the World Club Championships in, in December. You should definitely go. Yeah. At least once. But um, having spent many years there, living there and working there, I'll tell you this. Um, it's not it's not a con it's not a, a place in any of those countries where um financial fair play is a thing. Right. Like one of my favourite memories of going to Dubai <laughs> Uh, just a, just as an aside, I was buying a camera, in and I walked into this electronics store. This is in Dubai. In Dubai, in in an electronic shop in the Dubai Mall, and my friend had said, "Oh, I've seen this camera. It's a really good deal. It's a great camera. You should definitely pick it up." And I can't remember the currency involved, but let's say for the sake of argument, it was dirhams. But let's say it was the camera was four hundred dirhams. I don't know. So this is the equivalent of walking into Best Buy, and I've walked <laughs> into this shop and gone. Yeah, I'm interested in this camera, mate. And he's like, okay, my friend, yes. Uh, 
okay, yeah, it's here. It's a very good camera, blah, blah, blah. I went, okay, then 400. And he looked at me, honestly, like I'd just trodden on his prayer mat or like I'd just slapped his mother. And I thought, what have I done wrong here? Like, it's 400. And he's like, my friend, we barter. You don't just, I went, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I've got to give you my best price. I'm like, well, it's 400. There's 400. He's like, no, 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 no. What will you offer me? So I go, all right, 100. He's like, you insult me. He's like slapping his face. <laughs> you insult me so badly with this. I'll take no less than 350. And I'm like, uh, 200. Oh my God, what are you doing to me? And I was a bit intimidated. Like I didn't understand. This is part of the culture. You right. do thing. It's never just the way that it, like you walk into a bank and you go to a guy here, you go, can I borrow a thousand? They go, what's your credit score? Blah, blah, blah. It's all controlled. And a computer tells you the answer and you get the money. With this guy, I ended up saying, oh, no, no, you know, I'll be back later on. I'll, I'll think about it. And I left. I go into another electronic store down the street and I there's a, the same camera and it's 600 dirhams. So my friend says, who lives there, says, go and tell this guy what's going on down at that other shop. So I'm like feeling a bit more pumped up and I walk in and I go, oh, I'm interested in this camera, but I see you've got it for 600 dirhams. It's like, yes, that's a very good price. I will take a little less. I'll take like 550, but 600 is a good fair price. And I said, well, down in that store there, it's 250. He went, what? <laughs> Runs behind the counter, gets on the phone and he's talking in Arabic and all this, slams the phone down, comes back and says, I will give you 350. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, it's crazy. And, and the way that they conduct business is the same. Like I've been in business meetings in my old job where they're talking over the contract especially in Dubai, they do not care about contracts. Yeah. They're like, whatever, that's just a piece of paper. This is money. Yeah, It's so weird to go there. Well, the relationship is more important than the Exactly. Than the piece it's of paper all about face. On, right? It's yeah. nothing to do with contract. It's all about face. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting anyway. So that's Qatar in the Copper America. Whoa, you should <laughs> go. I, you should go there, do some deals. <laughs> Uh, the other one that's starting up is, uh, of course, the Gold Cup is starting uh, Saturday. The first game, Canada against uh, Martinique. Um, how many will Canada score? 13? We went to that international game at BC Place, didn't we, just be, uh, not long ago? Yes. And the Canada men's team played. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Uh, I think there'll be some local interest because Henry's playing, isn't he? He'll get a start, I would think. Uh yeah yeah I mean there's a few there's a few Whitecaps lads in there. Uh, it's Crepeau in the team, the goalie. And I, I don't know. Who are you asking me these questions for? Um, but uh, yeah, the tournament is. Tybert's uh, there. David Edgar's there. Yeah, have you got the team now? Uh, De Jong. So there you go. So there's a lot of Whitecaps, ex Whitecaps players in there. Uh, it's a tough group for uh, Canada though. They're in the same group as Mexico, so. They really, they've got uh, Martinique. I liked um, on Saturday. Do you remember then... when we went to watch it? The forward Cavallini. Do you... Yeah, I remember. A good player. Like two months ago. Good player he was. He plays in uh, Mexico, I think. No, uh, is it Mexico or Uruguay? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got that starting this week. So there's lots of football to keep us ticking over, and of course, uh, I think the Whitecaps are back in town next week as well, right? So. Oh, yeah, I wanted to... That reminds me. I got sent an email from the Whitecaps. Um, you probably got the same one. Do you want to buy a box yes, for the I upcoming did get that games? Email. I thought, 
what? Well, first I thought cheeky bastards, but if you look at the price of the box, right? They give you a $250 food voucher, which in BC Place with their prices is um, very helpful. Like you could probably get some quite good snacks and stuff for that in there, a couple of pizzas, whatever. But the box costs $2,200 all in, and you can get 14 people in a box. So I honestly, my first thought was, do you know what? For a laugh, bring some people that haven't been before. Why not? It might be a bit of a laugh. And I was kind of thinking... We could get a box and set up the the old pod in there and do a match day podcast. Well, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Well, I'm sure with our connections, we could make that happen, <laughs> right? But anyway, so I thought to myself, okay, 14 people, do the podcast while the game's on, have a laugh. It works out to be $200 a ticket or whatever it is, $180 a ticket. Who's going to pay $180 to go and watch that? No one. People obviously do. Well, corporations do that don't care about the money because it's a tax write-off. But I thought there's no way I could convince 14 friends to pay $200 each to go into a box at the Whitecaps. No, I wouldn't be paying it. If anyone out there wants to sponsor us and be mentioned every 10 minutes on the podcast when we do it live, then for (laughs) (laughs) $2,200... I don't think anyone's sponsoring us. No, mate. (laughs) Anyway, that was interesting that they're trying to sell box space and it's too expensive well it's that time of the week andrew what does twitter want <sighs> yeah what does twitter want um there's a few things one of them was uh can we talk about the women's world cup we already well, did so that's good nailed it um someone else asked if we talk about the euro cup and by that i mean I'm, they must mean the nation's league which finished this week and portugal won um yeah. We kind of talked about that last week because England went out in the semis with some horrendous Evertonian defending. Yeah. And the Nations League to me is nothing. Um, so I don't really want to talk about it. I don't know if you feel any different. It's not that I don't want to talk about it. I don't know anything. No. Like it's Portugal it's won and now it's over as far yeah, as I'm Yeah, it's over. So there'll be another round of friendlies next year and they'll dress it up as another tournament. And so they're going to do this every year? Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Um, next thing, MLS transfer rumours. Yes, which you touched on a little bit. Well, and I think the big one is uh, David Beckham. It's going to sign Luis con- Suarez. Bring, bring the biter to the MLS, yeah. which would be scary, but also probably fascinating because within a week, you'd think about what the disciplinary board's going to do to him. Well, this is the this is the first thing that I thought of is that like the way Suarez plays the game doesn't really work over here. No, he'd be, ban- he'd be getting yellow carded and sent off every and- game. As I said after the the Man United Barcelona Champions League game, he looked old and slow and a little bit fat. And I know he then went on to score against Liverpool, but he didn't really do anything in the in over the two legs of that tie that made me any think any differently. So uh, I don't know. I mean, the, he's a weird one for for he's Miami. He's a big name, huge name, but you've also got a. You know, there's obviously a huge Latin American community or South American community in uh, in Miami, but ninety percent of those people probably hate Luis Suarez because <laughs> <laughs> of how he's, yeah. So, you know, you, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, Miami is still a couple of years off joining the league anyway, right? So, yeah, I saw that one myself earlier this week. It was a, it was an interesting one. So talking, it's not quite a transfer rumor, but um. Did we talk about Sturridge last week and where he might go next? 
can't remember. No, Do you think a player like Daniel Sturridge has still got like Premier League in him before he moves over to MLS or thinks about moving over to MLS? Do you think a player like him would come over? It's a great shout. Because honestly, when he went, when he left, when his contract was like not renewed at Liverpool, I thought, Do you know what? He's just getting to that point now where he probably feels like he's got a couple more years in the top flight. But if you could bring him over to MLS, he'd be a player. He could definitely still play in the Premier League. Of course. But I don't. Here's the thing you were talking about the salary. I don't know what money he demands in the Premier League. I don't know how much. You know what I mean? I don't because we don't. We never really get to that that like mid level play. You never know how much they're making in the Premier League, like you find out here. So, you know, do you throw? How? Uh, here's the question: How much would you be willing to pay him to come here? Yeah, and it would have to be a lot. Um, we Liverpool had a high wage bill anyway. We knew that, um, and I think Sturridge was probably on. Uh, bear in mind, Sturridge signed this contract when he was one of the top players in Europe. Yeah, he's on a he was on one hundred and twenty thousand a week. How do you know that? Hmm? Is that just rumours? No, I know it. I know everything. Okay. So you're talking about six million pounds a year, right? So then he's not make he's not going to get that again. He's from a Premier League club. That no, but also thinking about coming over to the MLS with if Toronto are paying. 20 million to their entire team over a year, right? Would Sturridge take 4 million to come and play in the MLS? Would Sturridge take 4 mil to be the star player in a team in the MLS? Because if he would, I'll tell you what, if you're listening, Vancouver Whitecaps and your owners, go after Daniel Sturridge and bring him to BC Place. Well, the bigger question there is is his injury record on turf <laughs> yeah. might be a problem. But, but you know, it's inter- those types of players are interesting because I think that the MLS is getting to a point where... They could reach and they get can them, get yeah. those players, yeah. 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 So anyway, all right, next thing. Um, <laughs> who has ripped more shirts, Hulk Hogan or Rod Coleman? <laughs> definitely. Definitely me. Rod Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> Rod Coleman's ripped more expensive shirts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a quiet one on Twitter. That was it. Oh, no. One more, the final one. What is your favourite sport to watch that isn't football? NFL. NFL. Yeah, you watch that a lot, don't you? Yeah. What about darts? How do you feel about watching darts? Not interested. You don't watch the darts? You don't watch cricket? I know that. Uh, I like watching darts. I do. Um, I watch a little bit of the NFL. I'm not massive into it, but um, yeah. Do you do the whole... You, oh, yeah, you told me last year about Red Zone on Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now I've got Zone. Perhaps I'll watch that a little bit more. Well, the reason when I first got Zone was because they they got the NFL in Canada like two years ago before they even had the championship. And then you do the betting thing, right? Red Zone with the bets. Yeah. So I might get more into that this year, NFL. Yeah. I used to watch quite a lot of hockey, but um, hockey's one of those games where obviously with it being based on fluke, yeah, you don't want to get involved. Yeah, you, you've probably got to watch it in the rink as opposed to on the telly so you can actually see the fluke up close. Well, I mean, there's no point in following any sport where fluke is such an influence. Do you watch Tempin Bowling? No. No. Is that even on the telly? Yeah, it is. Tempin Bowling's massive. Curling? On the... Do you watch curling? Curling. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Shit. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap that up. Um, finally, then. Red and yellow cards. 
Well, you start because you told me you had loads, and I don't, I've I got a couple struggling. of yellows. Go on. The first yellow is for the USA women's team <laughs> because of rubbing Thailand's noses into it, okay. which is ridiculous, and they shouldn't be able to do that. The second one, um, actually, talking about sports you watch on telly, I haven't watched it here because I don't know how to, but years ago, I used to watch the F1, the racing. Right. And uh, this don't week... don't know how to watch F1. Well, I, I don't know what channel it's on, and I haven't got the sports channels, whatever. It's not on the zone, and I haven't got any channels. Um, I don't know if you saw the the Canadian Grand Prix this week. I think it was a Canadian Grand Prix, but Sebastian Vettel... Was yeah, he, he got he was in the lead. Right? Well, no, no, he was in the lead, and um, it, he messed up on a corner. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was right behind him. He messed up on a corner, lost control, left the track, and when he drove back onto the track, he cut Lewis Hamilton up, and Hamilton had to break, had to come off the racing line. Right. So the the race day stewards gave Vettel a five second penalty, which meant that even though he finished the race first, he didn't. He finished second because Hamilton was right behind him. Right. So Vettel's a bit of a tit anyway. Right. But they all are. Yeah, they all are. You've got to be a little bit mental to be a race driver like that. But um, he d- he refused to park his car in the one two three slots where you you're supposed to. Yeah. He parked it about as far away as he possibly could before getting in trouble, and then when he was walking into the room to get to do the interview they put the 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 f1 put the place cards in front of the cars the one two and three he took the two and stuck it in front of hamilton's car and took the one and stuck it in front of his oh, did he? yeah and he spent all of his time since moaning that he should have finished first i saw a couple of headlines so uh he gets a yellow card for being a tit yeah i only have one yellow card this week and it's for uh san jose's goalkeeper at the weekend who had an absolute shocker uh, I think his name's Vega. They played. Uh, they played FC Dallas, and he got a pass back from the from the left back. The left back played it back to him, and the ball, had he not touched it, would have gone out for a corner. But he basically wasn't looking. Went to control the ball, but he just backheeled it into his own net. It was. Just shit he's a goalkeeper I think I actually saw that he yeah. looked away yeah. and his foot yeah I saw that he one. backheeled it into his own net for uh, Dallas to go one the up and then San Jose got back into the game actually took the lead 2-1 and then he got beat by the softest attempt on goal you'll ever see outside of the boot just terrible goalkeeping so he gets a yellow card for me right my final red card is perhaps harsh but so what um, the the white caps get the red oh, card. Wow. Go on. Well, that just for sending that email saying, come and watch a game in the box. <laughs> like, you're not... You are really against them trying to sell tickets. Why is that? Well, I mean, this happened before. I remember the, it was a good few years ago when we went on the Texas trip and we saw, we watched them draw in Houston, right? Yeah. Uh, lost in Dallas. Yeah. And lost in Denver. Yeah. And the second we got back, after three away games, bad average performances, the the first email we got was, come and get a box at BC Place. I'm all for selling tickets, but do it when you've got something to sell for, not just because someone said, well, we better try and sell some boxes. Like, if you do that when the team's average and not playing very well and no one's going to the games, you're not going to get a success. If you're doing it when 
games are sellouts and there's loads of good performances and it's a or it's in the playoffs people are going to buy the boxes so i'm red card because your marketing people need to learn how and when to sell but if tickets. the white caps are winning and sell it and and doing well and winning trophies they don't need to advertise because people just especially in vancouver they just buy into it well there is the bandwagon effect but if you're only getting 14 15 16000 at bc place and tickets are 20 30 dollars each why do you think people are going to pay $200 each to come and sit in a box? Send send those emails to your corporate sponsors, but don't send them to the punters, to the season ticket holders. That's moronic. That's why they get a red card. That I would agree with. I don't know why you're sending it to season ticket yeah, holders. Yeah, that's the red card. Right, that's what you're upset about. Yeah. So you're tr- basically, that makes more sense, what you're saying, is that why you're trying to sell to tickets to people who have already bought tickets. Yeah, and... It's not an upgrade to go from a season ticket with all your mates that you sit with every week that are paying $50 a ticket to go into a box for $200 a ticket. Right. That's, you've got to offer more than a $250 food voucher if you're going to market to season ticket holders. Right. Makes no sense to me. A club upgrade for like 25 bucks, fine. I could probably convince people to do that. That's pretty smart but not to pay $150 each extra to go to the game. Stupid. Well, tune in next week when uh, the Whitecaps have sent out their $25 club upgrade request and <laughs> <laughs> see what you make of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. See you next week.